Welcome to Liturgy and Lore, the podcast that looks at the fringe and the paranormal from a Christian worldview. I'm Pastor Andy. And I'm Brother Evan. And today we're back with Matt Foreman for part two of our interview on the Angel of the Lord. Let's fly on into it. Hey guys, welcome back. This is Pastor Andy, along with Brother Evan, as always. We're here today uh, with our second part of our interview with Matt Foreman. Um, but before we do, it's been a whole 30 seconds for Brother Evan and I. Brother Evan, how did those 30 seconds go for you? Uh, pretty good, because I actually remembered something that I forgot last week, 30 <laughs> seconds ago for us. But I thought it was cool. We actually got a uh, question uh, that oh, yeah. I saw on Spotify. Uh, awesome. So when I put these episodes together and stuff like that, sometimes if you're a Spotify listener, uh, since that's what we host through, I can post some questions on there for you guys to answer and polls and stuff like that. And we get awesome. a little bit of participation, but we got a question, actually. Um, and I don't know if you want to take a stab at answering it, Pastor Andy, or if we want to save it for the next time Doug's on or whatever. Why don't you but ask me, and then I'll tell you if I know anything of what I'm talking about or not. <laughs> Kendall DJ posted a question here for us, and he says, so are giants living in their own world? Like, I don't know, something like underground world. So are giants living like underground or where are they if they're out there today? What do you think? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think certainly could be wherever, if they're alive today. And I think there's some good evidence that they are. They tend to be found in places like mountainous regions, which would lend itself to think there's lots of caves and things like that. And so that could totally be the case that they're living underground in a cave or, or something like that. I, I think the, the real answer is none of us know because we haven't found one and we don't even know that they're still alive today yeah but if they are who knows where they are yeah so i think the answer is possibly yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's about the best i can do is possibly we don't know where they are they could be living in the mountains they could be living underground kind of both if it's a cave situation <laughs> yeah exactly so that's not the most satisfying answer but that's the best i can do yeah maybe if we have dug back he can give a better answer but uh sure. no i just thought that was cool yeah send your questions in Everyone else, if you send them in, we'll give you shout outs and read your questions on here and get involved. <laughs> awesome. So uh, I guess then without further ado, let's kick it to Weird Around the World. Weird Around the World. All right. What do you got for us tonight, Pastor Andy? Yeah. So let's start with the one that's making big news everywhere. And pretty sure I know who our, our question asker was because... He's a friend of mine, and uh, he asked me this actually too this week, so I was like, why don't we talk about, not the question you asked, but uh, <laughs> about, he said, hey, what about those aliens that were shown at the, the Mexican Congress thing? And so our headline is from Daily Mail, and it says, it's a really long headline. It's like a Leslie Nope headline if you watch Parks and Rec. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> Alien bodies with three-fingered hands, unknown DNA, and eggs inside are presented by UFO expert at Mexican Congress with the non-humans found in Peru said to be a thousand years old. So that says it, right? There's yeah. a... <laughs> That's an article in itself. <laughs> yeah, there was a, a... At the Mexican Congress, a man came forward uh, under oath, I guess, if that's a thing. I don't know a ton about how Mexican law works. But a UFO, UFO investigator showed two bodies that he says are alien bodies, right? And he says they, they look kind of crazy. There's these two little things he says they're mummified bodies that are a thousand years old at least with three fingers on each hand some of them even have eggs inside yeah so 
They're, they kind of look like E.T., like from the movie. Or you know what I was thinking they look like? What's that? If you remember back to the original Men in Black movie, the little dude, sorry for spoiler alerts if you haven't seen it yet, that's oh, your yeah. fault because it was out in the 90s. Um, but the little alien that's inside of the guy's head, you know what I'm talking about? That's like controlling yep. like a human yep. suit. That's exactly what this little guy looks like. Yeah, it does. You're right. So it's exactly what it sounds like. And I have thoughts. Do you want me to just share my thoughts yeah, on let's what's hear going them. on? So this guy comes and he puts them out in front of uh, Congress. They're in like these little coffin things. But here's my thoughts. First of all, do I believe that aliens could exist? I do. Right. We've talked about that. Go back. We talked about it for four episodes. So if you don't know our thoughts, go back and listen. Do I think these are aliens? I don't think so. But what I've said to everyone is I'm going to need a whole lot more proof than this. Here's what I mean. Right. You could say what proof there you see the bodies. That's all that we saw. Yeah. And a guy who tells us that he found things about these bodies. Right. So the evidence is not there. Like they kind of look like paper mache. That's what, they look like an art project, kind of. They don't look like they would have been that hard to fake. And I'm going to need a whole lot more to say these are aliens. Yeah, that was my first thought, because here's what I'm thinking. One, this guy is the guy that presented it, and I can't find his name at the moment. But they were already on some different things. This isn't the first they've been told about. He, he posted it in a 2020 documentary on the website Gaia which is a new age website that is known for being like kind of full of crap sometimes. Sorry to the kids in the car <laughs> listening to this. And we see kinds of stuff that there's mixtures of human bones and non-human bones kind of shown and in the wrong spot on that documentary. I looked into this quite a bit. And this guy has basically been found to be a hoaxer before. So now I definitely don't know what to believe. I'm going to, that, that suspends my belief even further or, uh, how, what's the word I'm looking for? That makes me even more skeptical. Yeah. So the burden of proof just went up. And he says, we, we checked the DNA and there's eggs inside. But he doesn't actually, that I saw, provide the DNA evidence. He just says it was done. He says it was done. And when you look a little closer, it looks like it was his group that did it. So it wasn't like, like standard, <laughs> if there's such a thing in the UFO world, is to send these things to independent labs. And it doesn't look like he did that. He's just making claims that cannot be or can be proven if you did it the right way, but he didn't do it. And so I just find it very skeptical. Like, come on now. This is not credible, a credible witness in my view. And as Christians, we're supposed to look at the line of evidence as two or three witnesses. And we don't have that here. We have one guy who's saying this with these things that look like they're made and fake. And if I was faking a little alien body, it looks like what I would make. So. That's my thoughts. What are your thoughts on it, Brother Evan? Yeah, I feel pretty similarly to it. And I honestly haven't even dug into this one a ton while it's been pretty viral just because of those same exact thoughts. I'm like, ah, come get me when there's something more to look at. Like, I feel like people that aren't really into the fringe or aliens or anything like that are getting kind of excited about this one because it looks yeah. like hard evidence. But I feel like for anyone that's kind of, I mean, we spent, like you said, a month really kind of deep diving into some things. It doesn't yeah. move the needle for me as much as you might think it would as far as evidence. Like for all the reasons you just mentioned, I'm not going to go back over them all other than just the fact that they are kind of wild looking. They look like an alien, but also it doesn't, you could fake it pretty easily. I think it looks kind of just like it's clay that was thrown in a kiln and dried. <laughs> yeah, right. 
and yeah, just for everything you're saying on it, I'm not saying that anything's ruled out as being not true. I'm not going to go down that road and just say it's definitely fake, but I just, there's going to be more from, like you said, independent studies or outside people that are studying what this is or taking samples or whatever uh, for me to kind of, like I said, to get that needle moving for me to get excited more about it right now. It just looks like someone that's an elaborate hoaxer that has some money behind trying to get his name out. And we talked about it in some of our alien ones. This is someone that stands to gain something by faking this. And so that too kind of makes you just hit the pause button, pump the brakes a little bit and kind of wait and see. I think that's kind of where I land on this is let's wait and see what else comes out. It's not a hard like, oh, this is total nonsense. And it's also not, whoa, I got to tell everybody about this. It's like, all right, well, let's, let's see what else you got. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I just, it's beyond credible for me. Or I don't know. It's not credible. I don't there know how I'm saying, if I'm saying <laughs> that right. It's just, it doesn't pass the sniff test to me. Uh, I read at the end of the article we cited too. Uh, let me find it here. It even tells, says that this same guy, like I said, in 2015, he said he unveiled another human, bo- uh, another mummified body claimed to be alien. That one was reported by Snopes. Now, I don't trust Snopes all the time, yeah. but um, that it was debunked. And then five other bodies were found, and they were all shown to be human children. And so I'm like, but are we supposed to believe these two are real now? Like after you've, you've, it's almost like, dude, you've tried this a couple times already, and it didn't work. So well, stop. and you can just tell, it almost looks like he's doing a big show. Like, you yes. know what I mean? Like the way everything's presented, like it feels almost like. Kind of carny. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's like Barnum Bailey, like, kind of feel to it. Ripley, like, Ripley's Believe It or Not kind of feel like is almost kind of the way everything's presented. And yeah. Yeah. So let's move on from that one. Some of our people may be sad we're not talking much more about it, but I don't think there's much more to say because I don't think it's real. And if you want to hear us talk aliens, we have four episodes. You can go back and get like four hours worth of alien talk from us. Exactly. (laughs) So let's move on. This one is also, was the first one from the Daily Mail? It was. And this is also from the Daily Mail. And it, this one's kind of crazier. Indestructible Terminator-style killer robots move one step closer to reality as scientists discover self-healing metals. So that headline sounds jarring, but it does a lot of work that the article does not do. <laughs> <laughs> so they are not claiming that they've made robots like Terminator, which is what it looks like when you first look at it, right? It looks like, <laughs> oh, they've made Terminator robots. No. They've made the metal that is in, like, if you've seen T2, where he gets shot (laughs) and then he, like, morphs back together. They've made something that works sort of like that. It does sound pretty crazy what they did. So they made a metal that could reverse its damage. Now, this also sounds pretty crazy, like the Roswell stuff we talked about, right? Like That's exactly what I was thinking. Which is actually why I picked it more than because of Terminator stuff, because I don't think that's, you know, that's not really what the article's about. It's just about this metal that can go back. Um, I don't really know how it works. They do describe it a little bit, but I don't remember exactly <laughs> as I look through it. I'm not smart enough to retain that. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's a pretty big bake- breakthrough because it could be used for things like cars and military, of course, is always where this stuff starts. And bridges or anything because, you know, you think about a, a crack in metal that can then start to heal itself could do some crazy stuff with like frame or um like supports for buildings and stuff that basically you know oh, yeah. i guess in theory never get bad never go bad no there could be some really great applications yeah i mean in theory uh there could be some awesome ways to use that in structural steel and stuff like that i don't know what the load bearing and everything like that is on it but yeah and well there's nothing it's so it's done in a vacuum 
Right. And it was nano-sized platinum that they were testing this on. So this is all very small. So who's and in a vacuum? So who knows if this will work in the real, like out in a in a practical application? Yeah, but it's, yeah, it's almost theoretical at this point. I mean, it's getting physical and able to like do these. I mean, it happened. It really but, did happen. Right. I'm just saying though, from like to the way of actually being able to use it in anything, it's still kind of like a concept. Yes, but still very cool. Yeah. You know, and it takes that first little bit. It's kind of like you know, you think of penicillin was found because a guy looking under a microscope found that the mold something with the mold on his bread didn't get the germs or something like that i can't remember exactly but it was like kind of an accidental discovery in a really small and then it it made antibiotics the first antibiotics were made and you know like this could be something like that and also you have to think too if this is what we're being told is where it's at what's happening actually you know what i mean like how yeah. far ahead are they from what we actually hear sure sure look at you you little conspiracy theorist yep how many steps ahead are they from what we're being yeah. told <laughs> yeah so nothing else really to talk about with weird around the world but these both were kind of on the the wilder side no like serious news about serial killers today so alien fake aliens and self-healing metal you know run-of-the-mill stuff i do like that they used a terminator picture that was like the first picture in the article, i know though. i know exactly. <laughs> they were leaning into get it hard somehow <laughs> so let's move on from there Brother Evan will throw it, I guess, to part two of our interview with Matt Foreman, where we finish up our first conversation about uh, trying to answer the question, did Jesus, or sorry, did the Son of God visit the earth, or was he around? Do we have evidence of him from before his birth as Jesus in, at the first Christmas? So uh, as you can hear, fire trucks maybe going past me right now. This is a hot episode, but I'm bummed. And so let's throw, <laughs> let's which, just before get to I make worse jokes, let's throw this to my interview with Matt Foreman. So if the, the person listening to this and, and is a little skeptical, maybe like, oh, okay, you're saying the angel of the Lord is Jesus. Maybe could you give us like maybe one more really cool place? Like, is there a jaw dropper? You gave us a couple already um, that would blow somebody's mind here, like, Hey, look, here's this angel of the Lord again, operating in a way that looks a lot like God. Yeah. Well, let me, let me, this, this one might be a little complicated. I think our people like complicated sometimes, <laughs> but to, but to, to me, it's, it's really compelling and it's a, you, to, to get there, you have to compare the, there, there's a story in both Samuel and Chronicles about David at the end of his reign holding a census of the people which was not authorized by god right um, and he and he actually you know gets gets judged for it because most people think he was having the census because he was trying to show how how powerful he was he was trusting trusting in the might of his people rather than trusting in god and uh so i think the the one passage is um second samuel 24 and uh, and then the the other passage is First Chronicles twenty one, and this is where it gets a little complicated because you have to to compare the two passages um, because there's some really interesting parallels but differences between the two passages. So what what happens is you know David holds this unauthorized census. God sends the the prophet to uh, to you know to charge him. Uh, the the seer to David, and uh, you know, and God says there's there has to be a, a punishment for this, and uh, so in Second Samuel twenty four, uh, verse thirteen, or verse twelve, the 
the prophet comes to David and says, go and say to David, thus says the Lord, three things I offer you. Choose one of them that I might do it to you. So Gad came to David and told him, shall three years of famine come to you in your land? Or will you, will you flee three months before your foes while they pursue you? Or shall there be three days of pestilence in your land? Now consider and decide what answer I shall return to him who sent me. And then David said to Gad, I'm in great distress. Let us fall into the hand of the Lord, for his mercy is great, but let me not fall into the hand of men. So the Lord sent a pestilence on Israel. Now, if you go over and you compare 2 Chronicles 21, the, the Gad, the prophet, says, choose what you will, either three years of famine or three months of devastation by your foes while the sword of your enemies overtakes you, or else three days of the sword of the Lord, hmm. pestilence on the land, with the angel of the Lord destroying throughout all the territory of Israel. And then David says, I'm in great distress, let me fall into the hand of the Lord, for he's the only one of those who will actually be merciful. Even if there's hardship and trial and punishment, there'll be mercy. So Samuel doesn't mention the word of the angel of the Lord yeah. yet. Chronicles mentions specifically that the third one has the angel of the Lord in it. Now, as the story then goes along, both of them mention that the angel of the Lord starts to go through and, and strike a pestilence on the land. And, and they both mention how the angel comes to Jerusalem to destroy it. And yet, as he reaches Jerusalem, it says the, the Lord saw and he, he relented uh, from the calamity. And the Lord says to the angel, it is enough, now stay your hand. And the angel of the Lord was by the threshing floor of Arona, the Jebusite. Then David spoke to the Lord when he saw the angel, and he, you know, he, and he confesses his sins. Hmm. Okay, now this is where it gets really interesting. the The angel basically stops the judgment at the threshing floor uh, of this man who lived in Jerusalem, on on the top of a hill. And that hill is where later the temple of Jerusalem is going to be built. And the temple is where sacrifices are made for the sins of the people, meaning this is where you find mercy. Yeah. Because there's a sacrifice being provided. All right. And this is where the angel stops the judgment. And, and when he stops the judgment, we're then told how David builds an altar there. He he gets the land from, from, uh, from this guy who, who, who owns this, and he builds an altar there. Now, now what's really interesting. In 2 Samuel 24, 18, it'll say, Gad came that day to David and said to him, go up, raise an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Arona the Jebusite. So David went up at Gad's word as the Lord had commanded. Hmm. Now, if you go and you compare 1 Chronicles 21, verse 18, it'll says, now the angel of the Lord had commanded Gad to say to David, that David should go up and raise an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor. So David went up at Gad's word, which he had spoken in the name of the Lord. So already, one, one says it was the Lord who told him to do this. The other says it was the angel of the Lord who told him to do this. Yeah. And then, you know, and then it goes on. Well, you know, and there's also, I, I, I need to go back, but I won't draw it out. But like, there's also a difference where it says David saw Yahweh. Another says that David saw the angel of Yahweh. Yeah. It comes down to to the end of the passage in Chronicles, and it says, you know, when he presented this this sacrifice, verse twenty seven, First uh, Chronicles twenty one twenty seven, 
Then Yahweh commanded the angel, and he put his sword back into his sheath. At that time, when David saw that the Lord had answered him at the threshing floor, he sacrificed there. For the tabernacle of the Lord were at that time at the high place of Gibeon. But Gibeon, David could not go to before it to inquire of God, for he was afraid of the sword of the angel of the Lord. Meaning, from this time out, he sacrificed here, because he didn't want that sword to be drawn again. Yeah. And this is where the temple would be built, you said? And this is where the temple would be built. So the, the idea that's that's making connection here is there's this, this angel who is who also speaks as Yahweh, who is sent from Yahweh, but obviously distinguished from Yahweh, but has the bears the name of Yahweh. He's the one who commands this temple to be built, or this sacrifice to be held here, this this altar to be built. And that's where he puts his sword away. Now, wow. what's interesting is in is later on in Zechariah, the end of Zechariah, there's this prophecy where God says, Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, against the man who stands next to me. Strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. And the New Testament cites that verse saying this was what Jesus was doing on the cross. Yeah. He was receiving the, the sword of judgment. So the, the judgment ultimately falls on the on the one on on the, the man of God's right hand instead of on us as the people. Yeah. The temple was merely a picture of this the where God was going to do mercy through the judgment that was going to fall when this angel comes finally as flesh, comes as the Messiah, and bears the sins of the people. Man, that's so good. I was about to ask you. Why does this matter for us? And you just nailed it. <laughs> like, I don't even, this is the gospel and precursor and then fulfilled, you know? Wow. Yeah, it's it's cool, cool stuff. You start to see these connections. Yeah, and, you know, I'm thinking as you were even reading some of that from Samuel and Chronicles of Jesus coming back and having the sword out again, you know, at the, at the end of time, he's going to come out mm -hmm. and the sword's not away anymore. It's back out. Yeah. Yeah, like it's... It, I think one of the beautiful things about this, and I'm teaching a Old Testament survey class at a homeschool co-op near us, and uh, just trying to show them how the, the Bible is just so, uh, the continuity from book to book, from chapter to chapter is just unbelievable. You know, of authors who never met each other, didn't know what was coming after them, just how over thousands of years in this storyline, even something like the angel with the sword and and coming to this certain spot and then the temple being built there. And then, you know, Jesus coming back with a sword and I might be totally wrong on this. So correct me, but isn't there at least mythology, if not scriptural, that that's where he will come back as well as to similar the Mount there. Yeah. Mate, yeah. Mate, when he, when he descends from heaven with a shout with the, you know, with the host of heaven at his back, you know, he, revelation has that picture of, of, the uh, the rider on the white horse, right. who is whose name is the word of the Lord, and a and from his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations, you know, and he he will tread the winepress, you know. You, you can even go all the way back to the beginning. You go back to Genesis three when Adam and Eve are thrust out of the garden, and God blocks the way to the garden with a cherubim who's holding a flaming sword. Oh you know, wow! Going yeah. going every way. They they can't get in get back into paradise because there's a sword in the way, you know. And and the sword either has to fall on the sacrifice that God is going to provide, and that's where mercy can be found, or or the sword's going to going to come 
uh, for, for, for those who don't accept that. Yeah. And that's beautiful stuff. That's, that feels like a, a fitting spot to end it, even though there's so much more there, but that's, yeah, so much more to talk about, but, oh, I know. And, and we would definitely, I, I know where to find you to get you back on our show too. Any kind of last words you'd want to say about the angel of the Lord, anything we didn't get to that you're like this, if people listen to one episode about the angel of the Lord, they have to know this. Yeah. Well, the, the, the one thing when, when people ask me like, but what difference does this make when I'm reading my old Testament? And first of all, I do, you, I do have to put in the clarification. Not every time you see an angel, is it the angel of the Lord? You know, um, and even the New Testament, it'll talk about, you know, the an angel of the Lord coming to Joseph or, you know, John the Baptist's father. And that that's not the divine angel. Yeah. You kind of have to discern in the context, is this angel just a regular angel or is he spoken of in ways that go beyond just a regular angel? But but then if he is, well, what are you, what are you supposed to do with that? And, you know, like, does that make any difference in how you read it? And... So here, let me let me just throw in one more kind of nugget, yeah. That, that I think helps, like it, it enriches how you understand what the Bible's doing. And this is the story of Abraham taking Isaac up on the mountain. And you know, Genesis twenty-two, God tells Abraham, you know, take your son, you know, to the place that I will show you. And uh, and Abraham takes his son, you know, to the, to the land of Mor- Moriah, which is really where Jerusalem is. Uh, so there's these Jerusalem connections, and uh, there's all, there's kind of this cool thing about he they go a three day journey, and then he takes uh, his son Isaac up on the mountain, and lays out his son for the sacrifice, and raises his knife to to sacrifice his son, and then it says the angel of God called to Abraham from heaven, and said Abraham Abraham do not lay your hand on the boy. For now, I know that you, you you've not withheld your own son from me. Yeah. Okay. The beginning of the passage, it's God speaking. Now it's the angel of God speaking, but speaking as if he was the God who spoke to him originally. And he says, you know, don't lay your hand on the boy, you know. Uh, and then it says, and then God provides the ram. Abraham lifts his eyes and sees a a ram with its horns caught in the thicket, and he takes the ram and he sacrifices. The ram. There's interesting, like it was probably a what what was a horned sheep, okay. Um, and the horned sheep was like a symbol of 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 royal authority. Um, so this is a royal sacrifice, and this is where then the angel says, you know, because of this, I will bless you. When you stop and think, okay, well, why did he throw in there that it was the angel of God who spoke to him from heaven? And then you start to think, well, if this is a a different person who is also God, has the same substance of God, the same essence of God. But this is the person who later comes as Jesus in the incarnation. Then it's Jesus saying to Abraham, you're not going to sacrifice your firstborn beloved son Mm. because I'm the firstborn beloved son that is going to be given in your place. The royal lamb. The royal lamb. And then suddenly... That's that passage takes on a whole different depth of meaning because Jesus is saying this about himself. He's offering himself. He's saying, you know, my you know, you're not going to be the father. It's not going to be your son. It's going to be my father and me who are going to accomplish this. Wow. Yeah, that that is beautiful and you know, even even the way it's worded, I I don't I can't help but think there had to have been some kind of I don't want to say play on words, but you know, he says he lifted his eyes up 
he just talks to the angel of the Lord. And the first thing he sees is the sacrifice, you know, like, is it, there's almost like, I don't know. I, I think it really is a real ram or a sheep, mm-hmm. but there's almost an ambiguity of like, what is the sacrifice? Is it this angel or is it the ram? And it's yes, you know, to both. Wow. That's awesome, man. That is a good one. Doug said this in his, his interview and you guys are friends. So it's, it's, I think fitting what this does is it, it doesn't add anything or sorry, it doesn't change anything that you've already believed. You know, if you believe the confessions and the statements of faith, you know, orthodox statements of faith, things like that, the Apostles Creed doesn't change anything. That all stays intact. He used the example of it's like going from black and white to color. It fills mm-hmm. all of that in and makes it more beautiful. It makes it uh, just, yeah, richer. Richer is probably the word. Mm-hmm. It adds even more to the beauty of who God is beyond what we already know. So that's awesome. Man, thanks so much, Matt, for sharing that. that that'll preach, as I like to say. Yeah, amen. If people want to know more about you or, or more about Angel of the Lord, where can they go to find this stuff? If they plug your stuff, in other words. <laughs> sure. The The book is called uh, The Angel of the Lord, A Biblical, Historical, and Theological Study. Uh, you can it can you can find that on Amazon, and uh, that's that's probably the best place. I think there's a bunch of others, you know, people that are selling it uh, now, but that's the easiest. Yeah, it's also yeah. Right now, I just looked. If people have a Kindle Unlimited subscription, your book is free. You can read it on yeah. Kindle for free with that included in that subscription. Yep. So you can enjoy it without, you know, without having to pay for it. So go ahead. <laughs> Does that give you any, I hope that still gives you some kickback. <laughs> I don't, I don't know how that works. I, you know, to me, it's, it, you know, it's more important that, that people are, are just growing in their understanding of the Bible. So, yeah. And to our listeners, he does genuinely mean that I can Absolutely. be the one to say though, go buy it and make sure you <laughs> sure. help support what he's doing or do what I did. I got it first on the Kindle and then bought a physical copy afterwards so that I had it as well on my one. It looks cool on my bookshelf, but yeah. So what other things do you have going on? You said you're, you know, you mentioned some of these other hobbies, these other things you do, maybe plug your, your music, your church, things like that. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I, d- I do have an album of, uh, uh, of music that's really retuned hymns, old, old hymns, usually that had bad tunes that I've, I've rewritten contemporary tunes to it's called, Ecclesia Hymns, uh, Volume One, E K K L E S I A Hymns. You can you can actually go to ecclesiahymns.com and uh, or is it .com or .org? Uh, now I'm second guessing myself. It's actually ecclesiahymns.org. .org. And uh, that's uh, my website. You can get some kind of lead sheets and chord charts, and then a link to a Bandcamp. Uh, link to to purchase the album digital download so yeah you if you're inter- interested in some music that might be that style of music might not be everybody's cup of tea but yeah, but it is somebody's so if somebody's you can look it up and then uh my my church it, the, our church website is is completely outdated like by 10 years <laughs> we're we're actually needing to redo it and just hasn't hasn't happened but it's faithchurchpa.org and uh, you can find links to some of my sermons there, sermons I did a number of years ago on the angel of the Lord. Uh, that was before I wrote the book. Um, so some of the some of the sermons I kind of go back, I'm like, oh, I wish I'd added some extra things in here, you know, but but you can find sermons I preached on some of these passages before. Yeah, absolutely. 
And uh, I'm probably going to go do that too, especially there's some Hebrew stuff in there. As I said, at our church, we're preaching Hebrews right now. So I got to go steal some of that stuff. What did I hear it called? Uh, it's not stealing. It's just generously, generously borrowing. That's sure. what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Matt, thanks so much for coming on. I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule, doing all these different things to to talk with us and listeners go check out his, his uh, work. You can, I just put him in Spotify right now just to see it's the very first thing you type in Matt Foreman with an E in there, F-O-R-E-M-A-N, and it pops right up. It's the very first one on there. There are no other Matt Foreman's that I see on social or on, on Spotify. So go check yeah, there, them out. There are, there are several Matt Foreman's out there. Oh, here they are popping up now, but it's not the first one. You you yeah, reign okay. supreme above the Matt Foreman's. All right, there you go. Awesome. Well, thanks, Matt. We will uh, talk to you later. Great. Thanks, Andy. Appreciate it. And there you have it. That was our interview with my friend, my good friend, Matt Foreman, uh, pastor at Faith Reformed Baptist Church, or Faith Church, um, in Media, Pennsylvania, on The Angel of the Lord. Uh, he's also the author of a book, The Angel of the Lord, with Doug Van Dorn. Uh, Brother Evan, what were your thoughts? I got to do the interview, so curious what your thoughts were on it as you were were listening uh yeah kind of like i had mentioned last week it was just a lot of stuff that i've never sat down and thought about before which was kind of cool because in the past couple interviews we've done now there are topics that i think are a little more front and center for things that i am either watching documentaries on or reading articles on in my free time or uh things that i kind of think through whether it's monsters or giants or whatever you know what i mean it's kind of things that are a little more front and center for me but this is a topic that i think i've like glanced over uh in my bible reading like not really thinking through like yeah on what it actually meant or the implications of it especially you know what i mean i just kind of read through it and i think when i get to those parts i would just think well this is just kind of like old timey writing or something like that like this is a way of wording something that in today's English is kind of getting lost in translation or something like that. It's just kind of weird, but yeah. I'm just going to get through to the bigger point and not worry about maybe some of the nuances in the text. And so it was cool to hear Matt uh, kind of dive into some of those things that just weren't on my radar, to be honest. So that was, that was awesome. I'm glad that he was able to draw some attention to that and make us think a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He, uh, that's one of the reasons I asked him to come on the show is he does that kind of just in his everyday life. As my friend, he makes me think about stuff <laughs> and think about the Bible a little bit more. And uh, but yeah, it's, it's awesome. I have, you know, I, I I'm at school right now. I'm still at Grimke Seminary because for us, from last week's episode to this week's episode has been five minutes. But for our <laughs> listeners, it's been a week. And uh, you know, so so I've heard of this idea before, and it's something I just think is really neat. One of the comments we've gotten a couple times from listeners, uh, various listeners, is like, "Wow, I did not know all that stuff was in the Bible." Like the Bible is much more than I thought it was. And so that's also why I asked Matt to come because this stuff is so cool. You know, yeah. like God's plan for his people is just so big. You know, like it, from the beginning, his plan was, st- was set in motion all the way back with Adam and Eve, right? Like, yeah. And it's still going today. How cool is that to, to read the Bible and see how this just keeps going and keeps going and keeps going? So, yeah, I was just pretty pumped to talk to him about it. He's, quite literally wrote the book on it. And so, yeah, I was going to say, I haven't read it yet, and I'm going to have to get a copy of it, or if you have a copy, steal it from you. Yeah, I do. I have a Kindle and a hard copy, because 
I support the guests of Liturgy. That's what I was going to say. I'm going to have to actually buy a copy, so I'm supporting. <laughs> yes. Um, you can borrow mine until yours comes. Exactly. There we go. <laughs> Again, it is free also on, well, it's free with a Kindle Unlimited subscription. So if you have a Kindle Unlimited subscription, here's what you need to do. Go get Angel of the Lord and get Giant Sons of the Gods from Doug Van Dorn, because they're both free with that subscription. Even there if you, you don't. Go. So go do that. Make sure you get the, that's worth it just for those two books. So get them on Kindle or what really helps our, our guests is if you buy their hard copy. That's always better for authors to buy the hard copy. I shouldn't say always. I think it's always better. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. But uh, yeah, we just want to remind listeners though too, why we do this. Why do we talk about this stuff? Again, because Jesus is God and is Lord. And it's, we want to show you that he's always been the center of history. Right from the beginning, it's been about him, and it will be about him at the end of history. And so, uh, for any of our listeners who don't yet know Jesus or trust in him, we want to extend this invitation for you to, to, to trust him today. You are a sinner that deserves judgment. I am, was a sinner, am a sinner. Ev- Brother Evan was, is a sinner that deserves judgment. But Jesus took all of our sin on himself and died on the cross to forgive us of our sins. And we were credited with his righteousness. And you can trust in him today. Um, and if if you do, reach out to a church in your area and get involved. You can, if you're in Delco, go to Match Church or my church, City Light Church Delco. We have City Light Churches in Philadelphia. Or message us and we'll help you find one wherever you yeah, are. Yeah, we'd be happy to at least yeah. help do some research on that if you're lost and don't know where to get started. Yeah. And so we just want, I wanted to end with that just to remind everyone why we do what we do. And it's for the glory of Jesus because he's the angel of the Lord from, and he is the Lord from eternity past. So. Brother Evan, any other thoughts? Just how cool it is, like, doing these interviews and that sort of thing. Like, hearing uh, our different guests like Doug and Judd and Matt, if you're someone that doesn't know anything about Christianity or you've been uh, a believer for years and you're well-seasoned, these are all cool things. And uh, I think it was Doug said it in his, like, these are just really cool things to add color to your reading. And it's stuff that as I go in and do, like, my daily time reading the Bible and spending my quiet time with the Lord, like, to be able to kind of dig deeper and kind of dig for diamonds in the stuff that I'm reading uh, instead of just kind of glancing over the what's on the surface of what I'm at, but really being able to understand what uh, what's in that word. And um, again, it's not that without it, I can't get the gospel message, but it just adds so much more depth to what I'm reading and things to think about and to just incorporate into that time of spending time with the Lord. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It's, it's, we hope that's true for you guys. One thing I'd love to hear from our listeners is how has thinking about this kind of stuff and, and if in some small way the Lord used some of this podcast and some of these interviews to deepen your love for God's word or for his son, I'd love to hear that. Like That's yes. encouraging to us. I've gotten a couple text messages from friends that listen, and that makes it all worth doing all of this because it is hard work. It's fun, but it's a lot of work. Yeah. I'm recording at 9.30 at seminary the night before I have to catch a train early in the morning and you're doing it before work, you know, and, and editing after work and, or sorry, not before work, you got to get up early for work, I mean, and you're <laughs> editing in the evenings and on breaks and things. And yeah, so this past week, I've been pulling some like 12 hour days between work and editing just to get stuff yes. out on time. <laughs> so uh, let us know how we've, how it's been impacting you. And uh, remember always to support us. One of the best ways you can do that is tell your friends. Um, share our stuff on your social media and like subscribe and rate our podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts Uh, leave a comment if you listen to us on itunes that's a great way to five-star review with a comment we'd love to to read some of them on air 
Uh, anything else, Brother Evan, before we go? Yeah, just, uh, guys, interact with us. Uh, I can look at all the analytics and stuff like that, but that's not nearly as fun as, uh, like, when we get a question in from someone that we can share with everyone else yes. or uh, make this an, an interactive thing with you guys. Um, that's just something that's really exciting when we get that stuff. It makes our day. Um, like I said, I can see kind of from a high level how many people are listening and stuff like that, but that doesn't compare to one person uh, writing or a comment or a review or sending us a question. That means so much more than seeing, oh, we had 50 people listen to the last episode. Uh, yes, in two days exactly. or something like as cool as that is that's not the same as a personal touch from you guys so we look forward to those things uh we read everything that comes in we share it with each other we send each other texts throughout the day when we get something in like that because we get hyped about it so uh yeah. don't think you're just getting missed or something like that we see everything that comes in like that but uh yeah just want to say again uh thanks matt for taking the time to talk with andrew um hope i get to meet you someday since i was working during that but uh thank you again and as always thanks rablo 